Hi, I'm Mystic, aka Cynthia, the Gabby and Spontaneous F-bomb-dropping Virgo who likes to sort socks. And I'm Mind Power, Michelle, the highly inquisitive, science-loving hypnotherapist who reads and walks a whole lot. You're, You're listening, listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic. Mystic. We are wildly curious and we want to talk about how spirit meets business, how self-expansion meets love, and how relationships meet life's true purpose. Because it's our belief that there are invisible cosmic forces tying things together. My passion is for the powers of the mind, human nature, and the development of inner strength. I help people transform by investigating their subconscious and reframing or rewriting their internal thinking. My get-off is helping people discover their cosmic irony, where their biggest fear is actually their greatest strength. By uncovering these things, they can revolutionize what they do and how they do it. We want to share how people grow and become bigger, more integrated, more fulfilled, more passionate and inspired in their life's journey. Listen in as we explore transformations, shifts, and finding the ahas while making space for serendipity, the unknown, and magic. Follow us and expand your sense of what's possible. And have fun along the way. Dive in and see how Mind Power Meets Mystic. Welcome, everyone, to Mind Power Meets Mystic. This is me, Michelle Walters, and my friend, Cynthia Varkavisser, with today's episode where we are going to talk about graphology, aka handwriting. I bet most of our listeners did not know that Cynthia practices the analysis or intuitive analysis of handwriting and has done so for a very, very long time. So my first question to pod pal Cynthia, how did you get into doing this kind of work? Handwriting analysis started about 25 years ago. I was with my teacher, my Swami mommy, Connie Jackson, and she loved that I was excited about doing readings. She loved that I, um, she thought that I was good at doing readings. She was not so much in love that I needed validation so much <laughs> and that I wanted instant gratification. And she did whatever she could to teach me to trust, 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 just lay it out there and don't give a shit about what the response is, right? Because the truth is the truth and and then you work it out. Well, I couldn't get past it. So she says, you know, then maybe this isn't for you. Maybe, maybe, you know, you're going to want to just try handwriting analysis. That way you have proof, you have all these things. And I just happen to know someone who um, starting uh, to coach in handwriting analysis. So I took a course and loved it. I loved every aspect of it. It is a science. It's an empirical science. And what I found is that uh, all the things that I loved growing up about handwriting, I mean, I was, I was one of those girls that would always write my name. Uh, I'd always take a look at my mom's handwriting and my dad's handwriting and compare them because they're from the, you know, they learned how to write from the Netherlands which is a completely different style compared to mine. And so it, it, it worked for me and I had a really good time um, using it. I can totally understand that because it's a much 
more precise rule driven practice than doing readings for people, which is kind of way out there without a whole lot of um, rules or boundaries. And so if you have some specifics like this means this and this means that, it's a little easier to decode. And it makes sense that Connie suggested it as a way to start talking to people. Right. Get and I conversation, right? Yeah. And I think she's just tired of me asking questions about if I'm right and looking for her response, you know, that, that whole people pleasing thing. So, and actually it's handwriting analysis where that got me to the thing of the odds of someone being just like you is one in 68 trillion. Because I guess you're going to tell me that nobody has the same handwriting. That's absolutely correct. Even, even the best forgers, there are certain things under um, a magnifying glass that you cannot uh, replicate. And I can't even, I can't even describe it, but on certain pens, you can actually leave a blob on mm -hmm. certain areas of your letters. Now the blobs are microscopic, so who knows, but you consistently leave a blob depending on certain conditions and they're actually health conditions, which is really amazing. Oh, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. So what kinds of health conditions can you observe by reading somebody's handwriting? They could be back issues, um, uh, migraines, head issues, certain things like that, eye issues. It's just the most amazing thing. I didn't go that far into it because that was not my interest. My interest was about relationships, but it was fascinating to know that no one could leave little blobs like you could, you know, that it were microscopic. It's like how in the hell, first of all, how in the hell did someone figure that out? I don't know. Right? I mean, I don't have that interest, but it was, in, but it was fascinating. So what did you, uh, what kind of work did you do in terms of handwriting analysis that had to do with relationships? Well, I have a couple of really good ones. The relationships that I liked doing, of course, were familial. So what I would do is I would have someone bring in their handwriting and their loved one's handwriting and what I would do is based on, you know, the two, the two samples, I could say, this is how you communicate. This is how your person communicates. So if you want to get your message across, these are the words that, that work, which is so funny because guess what my message is now intuitively, which is right. Get your message across using their language and everyone's happy. So looking back, that's been my through line, right? Is this, this funny type of communication and, um, and using handwriting. So um, I have two, one is I had a friend who really couldn't understand her child and they wanted so desperately to communicate. They were depressed, you know, they, there was no way that she felt that she could reach them. And so we ended up using handwriting analysis at that time that um, that child was in jail. And so the communication was through handwriting and she wanted to know how could she help while her child was in jail so that they could get the help that they needed. And then when they came out, they'd be working on a different level. So there was that. That's a crazy example, but- yeah. um, and, and a little bit intense. A little bit intense, yeah. So in that case, was the child who was in jail, 
was that person aware of what was going on with the the mom and the handwriting analysis? No, no. And it's not that it was a secret, but really there wasn't a whole lot of ways to, at that time, for them to communicate. So they just, you know, they just went ahead and, and kept having their communications as normal. And then when they got out of jail, then, um, then it was made, um, public, I guess, you know, then she told them and there was, there were no hard feelings. It was just her way of finding different ways to connect when they were in a place of loneliness, sadness, you know, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really interesting story. Do people's handwriting change over the course of their life? Over the course of the life, over the course of the day, if you're hungry, your handwriting is different. If you are angry, your handwriting is different. So anybody who journals, they I used to hear this a lot, which is, well, my handwriting changes all the way through. And I said, yeah, so here's the funny thing. Without really reading your journal, go through and when you see your handwriting change, look at the subject and you're going to find that your handwriting changed because all of a sudden you became analytical about something or you started venting. And so, all, you know, your handwriting changed because you became much more emotional about a subject. And, and those are the things. And hungry is a fun one because you tend to drop letters and just get super sloppy, but that just makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Your mind is on food. Other things. Yeah. Yeah. Mind is on other things. So I want to remind all of our listeners that they are listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic with me, Michelle Walters, and my co-host, Cynthia Varkavisser. We are talking today about Cynthia's skills as a handwriting analyst. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask all of you to please, please pause the podcast and give us a rating or review. We want to hear from you and we want to know that you think we're special because, you know, we think we're special. So give us a little ego boost there and put a rating or review up on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Here, here. Cynthia. Yes. Just before, just before we recorded this, we pushed the recording button on today's podcast. I sent you a sample of my handwriting. Right. Now, in this case, y'all know that Cynthia and I know each other pretty well, but I'm curious to see what she has to say about my handwriting, which is not something she sees all that often. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen your handwriting at all because we're we're Zooming or, and you're in front of your laptop. And so when you're making notes, right? Yeah, you wouldn't, I mean, you might've seen my handwriting over the years for something, for a journal entry, for something, but yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. And I don't know if you've ever seen my handwriting. You know, it's fun is when I receive um, cards, you know, handwritten cards, which doesn't happen. So I get, I get happy on so many levels. One is that you're receiving someone's something because someone has thought about you and took the time to write something. And then two, I get a little bit of, you know, I can do it intuitively, but I get to see what's uh, what's going on. So the reason I wanted to do your handwriting is I thought it'd be fun to talk about different styles of handwriting, and then I could describe your handwriting and then use the, uh, the way that handwriting analysis works is that everything is on spectrum. And so you have, I'll give an example, you know, the pressure of handwriting. So I'm the type of person that I write so heavy pressure 
that you can still see my writing like three or four pages down. Okay. Okay. And then there are some people whose hand, whose pressure is so light that when you turn the page, it's like a completely fresh page. And if you feel the backside of the page, you still can't feel their handwriting. Okay. So those are the two extremes. And the goal for health is always in the middle. Okay. So you okay. want medium pressure handwriting. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, I think you're a little bit medium pressure to heavy pressure. So one to two pages through, you can see your, your handwriting. Is that correct? So uh, go to the third I'm page. I'm looking at the next page. Yep. And in my notebook, I can't see anything on the following page. Can you feel it? Barely. Okay. That is, that's medium pressure, which is great. So pressure handwriting has to do with stress. So people with heavy pressure handwriting, they, they, I like to say they eat stress, like they mm -hmm. use it as fuel and they keep moving through their stress until they get sick. And that those people with light pressure handwriting, stress for them is like sugar. So they can only handle stress in small doses. Otherwise, otherwise they just lose it. So you have this nice medium pressure, meaning that you know when to take a break and when you can push it just a little bit further. So you don't drive yourself through the stress, but you can take yourself through the stress a little bit or enough. And then you can be very healthy and say, that's enough and take a break. All right. So that's kind of an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing that I, that I noticed that I wouldn't have noticed known about you. So in your handwriting, we're going to go to the letter O. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's do, before we do the letter O in your handwriting, there are, we'll, we'll talk about this. There are uh, in the spectrum of writing, there are people who write um, in print. And then there are people who write in, um, I won't call it Palmer method, but they link all the, yep. All the letters together in cursive, right? So those who use um, cursive all the way through from letter to letter, to letter, to letter, those are your logical thinkers. Mm. Okay. Those okay. are the people that when you, when you talk to them, you want to make sure that you start with A, B, C, D. Do not mess with any of the do not mess with any of the steps. Otherwise you're going to lose them. Okay. Okay. Then you have those who are in, uh, that are printing. Now printing doesn't mean that it's, um, that they are intuitive, but what it means is that they are standalone facts. So like each letter is a fact, right? Okay. So everything is very factual, right? So you've got the cursive and then you've got your facts. So those people who are uh, printing, they have a, private life and they have a work life and the two will not mix. Interesting. Okay. And people okay. who use all caps, especially so. So those of us who, those of us, I'm not one of those, but people who write in all caps, if they're married, you may or may not know the spouse's name. It's that private. And there's nothing private about it. It's just, you know, like this is work and I'm not going to talk about my private my private right. life at work. Right. You know? So it's really kind of interesting. That interesting. Way. So yeah. what do you have to say about my handwriting? So you have this thing called print script. 
and print script is you link some words to get letters together and, and some you, you break out. That is actually the healthiest form because what that does is it helps you a allow space for intuition. Oh, I'm liking this. This is right. Yeah. yeah. Print script is awesome. Print script is the, is the best way to go because what happens is there are certain breaks where you have, uh, where you need the intuition and there are certain times where you need the logic. And we talk about this all the time. So I am not surprised about, about that piece. What I am surprised about um, uh, is one certain letter in your alphabet, which is the letter O. Okay. Okay. Now, again, we're talking about, we're talking about spectrum. So then you have some people when they write the letter O, it's almost looks like the letter U because they just can't finish the loop. Okay. Then you have people that tie the knot on the top in cursive. Right. Right. Then there are certain people, this is an extreme, they do a double knot on top. So Never what they do is, that, but okay. Have you seen it? No. So what happens is that it almost looks like two rings together at the very top. So it's almost like they do a curlicue at the top when they start their O. And when they go and they finish their O, they do another curlicue. So it's almost looks like a chain link fence right at the top okay. that has to do with your belief system and also the keeping of secrets so if you think of the letter o as a container those who have a double o that have a double lock on it you know that they're they are fort knox you're not going to find any secrets about them right okay, okay. and um and you're not really going to hear about them that doesn't mean that they don't have a belief system. They're just not going to talk about their belief system. So talking about God, it's going to stay very, very separate. And it'll be almost academic because they're not going to talk about their belief system. Or it'll be one, one sentence, which is don't believe in God. You okay. know, right? They won't say that nature is their God, you know, but they just don't believe in that God. Okay. Those people who have an O that looks like a letter U, do not tell them a damn thing because they cannot keep a secret. It's what my friend said. They can't even hold water. Right. So, <laughs> okay. all right. So the part that's really interesting is how your O's that they, that they either barely touch or they don't quite touch. Right. Yeah, that's true. So you're the type of person that, or I won't say you people, that type of handwriting normally don't keep secrets because they don't realize it's a secret. So the people with the double knot on top, they think everything is a secret, that whatever you tell them, it's only for them. And that the people who keep it open means that there's no such thing as a secret. If you're going to tell me, you're telling, you're telling the population. Telling the world. Yeah. Yep. I am a personal, I am your personal Twitter. If you're going to tell me, <laughs> I am your Twitterverse, right? For you, what this means is that if it's if someone doesn't tell you that it is a secret or that it's that we're having a private conversation, that you're like, well, you know what? It's we're just having a conversation, not a private conversation. So it's not a bad thing, but because I know how you and I talk, um, I just kind of figured that you would be the one that would not the O on top, mm. that everything would be a secret or, you know, held private and it's not, so it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. 
But I do find it interesting because of the way that you and I hold our conversations that I wouldn't have. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And as I look at my O's in this particular handwriting sample, like some of them, some of them are connected to the the previous or the subsequent letter. Mm-hmm. Some of them are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like the word about. Mm-hmm. It's about. right. The O and the U is always going to be, they're always together. And about. sometimes they're not. Yeah. But then I wrote the word good and they're not connected. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Interesting. So that- yeah, so it's also it's still it's still about the when you take a look at handwriting, it's the law of averages again. So uh, there are a lot of O's in here, so I decided to take a look at the O's. So, but you do want to take a look at uh, about you know go okay. So out of all the O's, how often am I seeing them open versus closed? And because they're about 50-50, then I then I know that this is pretty much where you are. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Law of averages. So are there any other letters that are telltale for you? My favorite letter to talk about is personal pronoun I. It tells a shit ton in one letter. And it really is about who you are as a person in one letter. It talks about where you get your, if you get your information from your father your mother, if wow. you're traditional, not traditional, if you're fluid, if you're solid, it's got all these things in one letter. Because it's so important to an individual's sense of self. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. It's really That's crazy. Really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. It was really hard. There was one time I was doing a handwriting and, um, and I was just, I was in practice, right? And someone had, they had their personal pronoun, I, um, look like they had a single parent. You know, I said, oh, you only have a parent, one parent, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, no. And their dad was in the room and not really paying attention. And I wasn't thinking anything about it until she did something to say, you know, let's get off this subject. And what happened was that her dad was in her life, but not really. He was pretty kind of absent. So he traveled a lot. And then when he came home, he still didn't interact with her very much. So he may not know this, but she did. And that was in her personal And it was, it was evident in her eye, in her writing. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Have you worked with anyone who has used handwriting to like tried to change themselves by changing their handwriting? Yeah, it's called graphotherapy, which okay. is change your handwriting. So let's go back and you're really not handwriting, it's brain writing. And so what you're doing is that by being very conscious on how you change your writing, what you're doing is that you're you're telling your brain to work a different way or to have a, certain, a different belief system. The other thing is we are also um, particular about our signatures that it carries much more weight than in our, our regular handwriting. So here's a funny thing. If you write, if you see someone write a letter, so if you get a letter and they write one way in their letter and their signature is different, then you know that their public life, because that's what your signature is, that's that's the, the thing that represents you, their public life is different from their private life. Oh, that's so, interesting. Right? So they have game face. It's a really important thing to know. It doesn't mean that they're two-faced. It just means that, 
you know, if I really want to know who they are, I actually have to earn their trust. Which is because kind of their a... public and private are somewhat different. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. When you were talking earlier, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about this, but like, you know, you and I are of the age where everybody grew up and we learned to both print and do cursive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My son, who's 19, was not taught cursive. Right. And it, do you think that that matters? Do you think that that, what, what I do, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I kind of understood why they weren't prioritizing learning cursive for him. And mm -hmm. like my, my sister has taught my nephew, I think to, to write, and he's even younger to writing cursive, mm -hmm. but there's, there's thousands of kids out there who are not learning cursive. What, what are I, you thoughts about that? I'm actually a little sad that cursive isn't, isn't being taught. One is that it's, it drives your, your, it drives your brain in a certain way, right? Because you have to link things together and you have to link them together in a way that doesn't always make sense. Right. So I always think about the letter Q, the cursive Q. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. My cursive Q actually looks like a letter O with a, with a pipe, you know what I mean? And it, mm -hmm. or it just looks like a O with a big curly Q, but it is a Q. Um, so they're not, they're not um, exposed to different ways of thinking. So I also believe about, I believe this about kids who speak more than one language. Your brain is so flexible. What happens is by introducing someone to a second language, especially as a child, there's an, there's an additional flexibility in your brain to make connections in so many different ways. So uh, that also applies to handwriting. The other thing too is with handwriting, there's a form of expressiveness that is now no longer available. And if you allow your child to do different types of artwork and other forms of creativity, then it's okay. But if your kid doesn't, handwriting is one way to, to create that pathway or keep that path pathway open for different types of creativity, right? That's Doodling an is, yeah. way of looking at it. Yeah. It's a form of, it's a form of being creative. Yeah. It's a form of expression. Form and so it's, it's a little bit of a shame. My, I have a, a cousin who is, I think she's 20 years younger than me. Right. Beautiful, beautiful girl. When I was born, my grandparents were still very young and um, my uncles, you know, their youngest were only five years older than me. So, you know, I was very much treated like their uh, just additional kid, right? So they, I kind of got absorbed in the family that way. My grandpa, my opa, wasn't really into being an opa at that time. So, you know, but as he was teaching the kids, I'd sit at the table because I wanted to learn as well. When my cousin came around, she, um, he was ready to be an opa and he did spend time with her and he taught her different styles of writing. Like I had no idea that there's this German style of writing and um, it's not quite Gothic, but it's, it's really beautiful. And it's a bit Baroque and it really doesn't exist anymore, but he taught her and she, you know, she hooked onto it. She's an artist and she uses that expression and just, just every once in a while, but it's nice to know that she has that in her back pocket. 
Yeah, well, I certainly, you know, you you meet people from other parts of the world. And if you see their handwriting, the handwriting of the French is completely different from the handwriting of Americans. And I'm Absolutely. sure it's the same with the Dutch, right? Right, right. It's a different style in terms of how it's how it's taught and practiced. So and now I feel like there's just, there's such a wide range of what people write in. I mean, like you said, I, I have this print Print, cur- remember print script, it's print, print script, script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've written that way for a long time. Right. You know, right. I mean, maybe, maybe since college, I don't know, something like that. I, I remember started- I used to write in cursive more, but it's been like this for a long time. So yeah. I remember started doing print script in high school because we had to journal in my freshman class. And I remember looking at it and I said, you know, that looks really babyish. And then I just started, you know, and and going cursive, uh, 100% cursive, 100% script was too slow for my thoughts. So print script was actually a little bit faster for faster. me. It was mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. Cynthia, I think this has been a fascinating, fascinating episode. Is there anything else you think our listeners should learn or know about um, handwriting analysis? And do you do many different things? Do you still do handwriting analysis for clients or is this something that you're kind of close the door on for the time being. Oh no, don't ever close the door on, on good shit, right? <laughs> Never. I mean, it's, you pull it out of your pocket. So what I like to do is when I have a client, I don't say, yes, I do handwriting analysis, right? That I'm a graphologist. What I do is whenever there is someone who's having a challenge meeting me, then I say, I offer it up because then what, the, what we do is we focus on the handwriting instead of me focusing on the person. So those people who don't like being focused on, first thing I do is I throw out Oracle cards or I do handwriting analysis. And now without being sexist, the masculine people prefer handwriting over the cards. Interesting. And then what happens is we look at the letters, we look at the script. Uh, What I want everyone to know is that your handwriting is your whole belief system on one piece of paper. So your whole your whole world is on one sheet of paper and we can talk about how are you throughout the day? How are you with your goals? How are you with your thoughts? What is your belief system with money? What is your belief system about, you know, all that stuff, generosity, all that is in your handwriting on one sheet of paper. And of course, the more you write, the more we get to look into the averages, right? Um, The placement of signature, the placement of your, you know, all that stuff everything counts. And that's what I want everyone to know is that everything counts. So keep writing, keep handwriting. It keeps your, it keeps your brain fresh. It keeps you um, connected because your brain is making your body do certain things. And uh, the other thing I also want people to know is um, yes, fonts on, on, um, on your laptop do count because it's law of attraction so there you are are attracted to a certain type of writing because it it um reflects your belief system and your personality right you know you already know it reflects really interesting that's really interesting well and the only thing i have to add is that i i remain in this day and age 2023 a huge note taker putting things down in my pen on my paper i think it I think it creates a connection in the brain mm-hmm. that um, that 
that happens, but wires differently if you choose to type it instead. I agree. It, right. it wires differently. And and it doesn't make it wrong to type your notes as opposed to handwrite them. But I do think it provides your brain a lot of value to have the the muscles of your hand, the pen, the paper, the physicality of writing as opposed to just typing. Right. The odds of, of the information sticking by you doing the handwriting are so much higher than if you're going to type it up or have it in dictation. I mean, now it, it goes into different layers of how we learn. You already know that I'm not an auditory learner. I, I zone out, right? Um, and I'm much more tactile. So handwriting works. But for most people, handwriting is exactly as you say. It helps it stick. It and really that, we are going to wrap this episode of Mind Power Meets Mystic, where our special person today has been our own Cynthia Varkavisser talking about handwriting. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Michelle. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic.